Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged, 707 Walnut in Philadelphia, always at llpavorsky.com. I am Spike Eskin, along with a guy who is signed for only one year, but for a lot of money. That is Liberty Ballers own Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Hi. I would take that deal. I would take $23 million for one year. Sure, I'd accept we, I would play basketball for $23 million for one year, and then I'd go back to writing for television. Yeah, I uh, I probably wouldn't do anything afterwards, after that one year for $23 million. Yeah. I, you ever wonder what you'd do if, you know, before we get to this, let's say clearly $23 million is more than enough money to live the rest of your life very comfortably, right, as long as you're not a total asshole. And a lot of people say when they talk about winning the lottery, well, I wouldn't go back to work. I would, you know, do this, that, or the other. When I'm off for more than, I don't know, three days or something, I sort of run out of things to do. Now, maybe it's because I don't have $20 million, but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what I would do if I didn't go to work. I would like self fund some movies. Right, right, right. Those kinds of things. I would do that a little bit. Um, like the work, like the part of your brain that enjoys work, but only the, the enjoy part without the half. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't just go work for like a like a shitty sitcom. Right. Right. And be right. like, well, I got to do it. Put my time in. Like I would try to do stuff that I only enjoy doing. Yeah. Anyway, that's a good idea. All right. Uh, yeah. The uh, we'll get to that stuff in a minute. Podcast available yeah. on uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. Tune in wherever podcasts are, except for Spotify. Because until we're on Spotify, fuck them. We are at 831, but I, you know, Spotify seems like a fine program. 831 five star ratings at 1,000. I read. Did that go up like an insane amount really quickly? No, we were at 825 on Friday. Weren't we just like at 600? I feel like yeah. I had more time to not no. not deal with the 1,000 no, 1, no, no. view the, podcast. No, the 1,000 thing is going to happen. It's going to happen soon. And then I have to read. Oh all the reviews on one podcast without you. Um, there have been a lot of negative five-star uh, ratings, but here's a good one. I like this one. Five stars. This is from Emo Hinky. I recently began a master's program in sports analytics. It's extremely likely I would have never made that decision had I never listened to this podcast. So basically, I spent $50,000 because of Spike and Mike. I don't regret a single penny. Thank you. So I, I like to think we're going to get that guy a career, you know? Forget about, the, forget about the debt. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. We have a lot to talk about on the podcast. We'll get to Twitter questions eventually. The Sixers, of course, signed J.J. Redick, Amir Johnson. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how it potentially um, affects the Robert Covington extension. The uh, I have a theory about Ben Simmons and the point guard stuff that I'm happy to expose you to that I thought of this morning that I, I think you'll mm-hmm. probably be on board with. Uh, we have to make fun of Danny Ainge, of course, and uh, and that's what I got on the list. Let's so, do it. So, J.J. Redick, I think we would have all, like the dream scenario 
was one year for as much money as he wanted. And I don't think any of us, you know, it was even in Zach Lowe's column when at the end of the podcast on Friday, he put out the column that said, you know, the Sixers are only going to give out one year deals. And he wrote in the column, J.J. Redick didn't wait for this big payday to get a one year deal. Yeah. And I I thought the one year deal thing was posturing. And maybe that meant, you know, somebody like him would want three and we'd give him two. I'm floored that it was that we got him for one year. Yeah, that's crazy. I so part of me is all right. So last year they they go out and Brian Colangelo's first off season sign Jared Bayless for three years under on a manageable deal, Gerald Henderson for two years or one year with a team option for a second year, and then Sergio Rodriguez uh, over from overseas for one year also on a reasonable deal. Um, and so I I guess I. What am I trying to say here? They're all low I, upside, low yeah, floor. Yeah, low, low upside, high floor. And I rather. guess I just, I guess I figured that was window dressing, right? That was, hey, hopefully Embiid can play. That was that was before Simmons got hurt. So it was like let's surround some young guys with some some decent NBA players. And so they, it worked out. I mean, fine. Sergio Rodriguez, I like him. I you know I, I hold him close to my heart, uh, but he didn't really affect the team in any positive way but it didn't matter right like the pick swapped it didn't none of it mattered so much of it doesn't matter we talk about that all the time about how like really for 26 let's be generous 26 teams like what they're doing wins and losses just like doesn't really matter but so if we establish that that's true then it's about getting guys that your young guys can ostensibly learn from and develop culture about and at least know that they're going to be in the right position so it's not frustrating so you're yeah. not dealing with like what Jakar Sampson is doing in the corner. Yeah, like for um, for Brett Brown, you know that that yeah, he can Brett Brown, that, that kind of stuff. That he can plug in a guy that at least knows what he's doing except yeah, uh, right, exactly what you said. I think it helps the coach as much as it helps the players. And even though he wasn't a free agent signing and I was very glad he's gone, I think you could make an argument that Ilya Sova helped and beat a little yes. bit, you know. His totally. existence, right. And and Dario, I imagine, yeah. as well. Yep. Um, but so so I, I guess I figured they'd go into this offseason and try to do like, all right, we clearly are feeling ourselves. Ticket sales going through the roof. Like everybody can see that the Sixers are on the upswing. Whether or not they think the process was a success or whether or not they, they think these guys have, you know, they haven't done anything yet, that whole thing. Um, and I have a really bad, uh, I have a really ugly metaphor for that that i want you to press me on later because it's really stupid and i'll probably take some shit for it but i, I if i acknowledge that then, then Wait, maybe it's fine is it is it uh, better than the the the, the 13 year old sex thing or is it <laughs> that was like, okay 16 year old that's okay. it all right um <laughs> okay all right. yeah okay it's a bad it's a bad one i don't know i don't that i'm people who say like oh they haven't done anything yet they haven't even won anything yet it's like, look, if a guy comes into a bank with a gun and starts like pointing it at people and someone's like, well, he hasn't even shot anybody yet. So let's hold on on any judgment. Right. It's a really bad metaphor, but it came <laughs> to my mind. Yesterday. So, so I had to say, I was like, I'm not going to tweet this, but I will say this mostly in jest on the podcast. Um, anyway, I, I just figured this offseason was going to be them targeting one guy, whether it's KCP or Otto Porter and uh, and being like, all right, we're going to make a take a big swing at this at this guy and lock him up long term but i i sort of like that they that they didn't that they that they still are are 
okay surrounding them with temp, you know, temp pieces. But I, I wouldn't have minded a second year for JJ. I'll say that. Yeah, well, I, I think that's part of the negotiation. And we, without knowing the rest of the negotiation, we so there's a lot of factors that go into whether it's a good deal or a bad. It's not a bad deal. There's no way. There's no, no way in the world. Cer- it's a bad certainly deal. not. This is this is this is all like it's very it's low upside, right? So it's not like you know you we're, we're set up for years. We're gonna have to do some version of this dance next year also. But if this is a hey, get the get the young guys with uh, some folks in good positions where they can learn from culture, t- tell them when to take naps, all the all the important stuff, uh, then then this is going to be fine. It's basically like it's, it's not a high upside deal. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna make the playoffs. I thought they were gonna make the playoffs before these signings, um, but basically it's like it's it's. It's fine. It's this is all headed in a in a loose optionality, uh, correct direction. I just I I just wouldn't have minded a second year for JJ because he does seem to fit so well. Well, and that's part of <clears throat> that's part of the negotiation. Like maybe you know I uh, I forget who I said it to. Maybe I think it was privately. Maybe JJ Redick without. With someone, maybe no one wants to give him three or four years, so maybe he finishes his career like Darrell Revis, and every year that he proves that he's good, he ends up signing for another year for twenty million dollars to whoever can use him. Like maybe, maybe he feels, you know, Kyle. I think Newbeck reported that there were other offers on the table, you know, multi-year from the Timberwolves and the Nets, but we don't know how much money that was, right? It might've been, it might've been two years and 22 million. It might've been less money total. You never know. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's the, um, what Reddick wants out of it is, is part of that too. And I also think there's, you know, before it's sort of like the Washington nationals, Jason worth thing, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I, I think until you become a legitimate destination, which the Sixers are not, Yet, I don't think I don't think they are they are, you know, you know, garlic to a vampire or anything, but I don't think they're a destination yet. Obviously, there there are so few spots that are. I think you have to overpay and maybe the player gets the better of the deal to get a couple of guys in there and maybe change the uh, the vibe, I think, is possible. And and if and if it goes south, they can always just it's a one year deal. They can trade him. to He's such a ripe, ripe for trading to a contender at the the deadline. I I think the Sixers will be, you know, pushing for that six seed. So I I don't I don't hope that that happens. But if things go south, if Embiid gets hurt, whatever, they can they can turn this into this is a good example of using cap space to, to have potential, you know, trade him for a, a late first or something down well, the road. Well, uh, one thing to note, and it was just uh, pointed out to me on Twitter, and I didn't know this from, uh, from a longtime listener at uh, Pick and Poppy, P-A-P-I, is that guys his age, and this is the same with Amir Johnson, um, that uh, if he signs a one-year deal, he can only be traded with his approval. Um, so essentially one year guys, guys that have been in the league as long as he is, um, who, uh, be a qualified, a qualifying veteran free agent, which is what he is. If you sign a one year deal, you can only be traded with your consent. So, um, that, and that, yeah, that, that goes for Amir Johnson and, uh, and JJ Redick. And, you know, I had heard before, and I think it was probably public knowledge. I had heard before he signed, you know, he, in the middle of last season, he moved his family to Brooklyn and lives in a place in Brooklyn and wanted to be, 
out in the you know east coast somewhere so he wasn't far away so maybe that but I, yeah i'm not expecting that they'll even want to trade him this year you know that's that's worst case scenario i guess but yeah well he's so this is 10th year in the he's played 10 years in the league already and the most he made per year was in 2010 2011 7.25 million dollars so this is like a steep tremendous uh, money boost for him. He's made he's made almost forty nine million his career in ten years, and now he's going to make twenty three and one. So, I see why he would do it. Why, if he's like you know, if the offers were coming in like you know fourteen million or something per year, and the Sixers are like, yo, one year, big money. I get it, and he wants yeah. to play here. And I, I hopefully what happens is this ends up being like a, a test run for for the team and for him, yeah. and they sign like another two year deal after because it's successful that that would be my hope and and you know he's he's 32 i think signing him low risk until he's like 35 as a shooter that doesn't rely on his athleticism just sort of his quickness getting around screens and everything i think that's not a bad move but yeah. uh i'm excited i'm excited that they have options it's a good i mean it's a good it's all good yeah, I, I want to also say I think JJ Redick is really good. I you know yeah. I think he's been really good for like five years probably. He has shown very little, um, very little or no drop off. You know, in the last few years, I think he's he's a, uh, a especially so- with the shot, the, yep. the shooting. He's he's shot his last three years have been his best years. Yeah, of his career shooting wise, and it's, he. He, he uh, yeah, he'll, he'll get looks. I think it makes, you know, it opens the, you know, you assume that the, regardless of who starts, that the, you know, the crunch time five itch, five is, uh, is Fultz and Reddick and Covington and Simmons and Embiid. And those are three guys on the floor that are legit, you know, uh, three point threats. And then we'll wait and see what Fultz becomes. Who's your, th- who's your third guy? Well, Embiid. Well, not Fultz. No, 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 not yet. I mean, I like. I think there's enough questions about his shots, about his shot that I'm not saying he's a legitimate three point shooter yet. Maybe he will sure. be. But, but guys, you have, at least four guys that you have to cover. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's just a lot of weapons. I mean, I think let's talk about JJ as a player because he's he, really there's good. so much. He's really good, and there's so much gravity to his game because like the Sixers have just never had. They've just never had a good shooter. They just never have. It's. I mean, Corver. I think. Uh, it took obviously we had him as as the first few years of his career, uh, and he was great, but uh, but not the not as established as he is now. Um, to put know, it to put it in Matt feel- Upring, Gordon Gierczek, Jason yeah. Capono, uh, Jumaine Jones, like guys like Aaron McKee was like our, our like three point threat for like George Lynch. We've had to like pretend that guys were good three point shooters. Uh, for a long time, and this is the first time when it's like, oh, that's a weapon that you legitimately have to cover, flying around off ball, setting screens for him to open up, and then like if people are focused on him, or you know, if people have to switch onto him, then all of a sudden it's either you know a a big man on Redick and a, a, you know a, a guard on Embiid in the post, or Simmons or anybody. It's there's there's just so much possible movement for Brett Brown to like get guys open. To put it in in uh, in more specific perspective about how long it's been since they've had a shooter, I think there are two kinds of guys that shoot three pointers in the NBA. 
the guys who you think the ball is never going in and the guys who you think the ball is going in every single time. And the Sixers have yeah. never had the latter, <laughs> as long as I can remember. There's never been a guy here, you know, or since, you know, since Corver, where you go, oh, that's going in. And the, the other team always seems to have, have one, by the way. Yes. And yeah. this is regardless of percentages. You know, I don't care what anybody shot with any percentage. To have a guy who, every time J.J. Redick shoots a three-pointer, I assume the ball is going in. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, and, and from all accounts, he's a, um, he's a really good guy, you know, teammates like him, you know, he likes being around. Uh, I'd say the only dangerous part of Redick is that he has done a podcast in the past and I worry that he will start the second, uh, Sixers podcast, you know? Yeah. That's a, that's a nice concern yeah. for sure. <laughs> I'm just um, worried about that. And he's also not a bad defender. I mean, no. he's not – obviously, it's not his forte, but he works on defense. He plays tough. He can move his feet pretty well. Um, he's not long by any means. But between him and Fultz, I think they'll, I think you'll end up having – people are – there's been a, over the past few days sort of like a like a bad rap on Fultz's defense. He certainly didn't play great D at Washington, but he's long and agile and can certainly D up. Like he will be at the very least a league average – defender uh for point guards you think right I, away I'm i don't very, think right away i well i think the 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 bar for point guard d- defense is so low yeah that's fair that like i mean we have and we have tj to, to be more more tough at that position and, and covington can cover the best guy if it if it comes to it but like jeff teague is not a good defender like there's plenty of like average averageish point guards that like you talk about good point guard defenders and you talk about like chris paul Pat Beverly, George Hill, Ricky Rubio, like that's it. There's just not that yeah. many other good ones. There's a lot of like me. I mean, Drew Holiday is pretty good. Like, there's a lot of mediocre ones. Um, so I don't think that. I mean, like Kemba is not a great defense. Like Dame, there's like a bunch of guys that are just like that just get by because especially, you know, Kyrie. There's especially like a lot of teams. The point guard is the is is the guy that the offensive load is carried on, the Harden or whoever. And they don't have to. They don't if they're like spending so much energy on the offensive end, which is I think we talked about for with Harden in regards to what's going to happen with Chris Paul. You can, you know, save up for something on the defensive end. So Fultz isn't going to isn't going to be required to do everything, uh, especially this season. So I think he'll be. You know, it's it's going to take him a while to learn team concepts and his defensive IQ is the last thing that come come along as an NBA player, but. I, I'm not worried about him being like, oh, he's a hopeless defender. I'm not worried about that at all. Someone tweeted, someone tweeted something that pissed me off about it, and that's why I'm sort of irked. This, someone said, like, Fultz, Redick, Simmons, I think, and somebody else, is like the worst defensive lineup in the league. And it's like that's not true. That's not. That's not true. No, I. You're I wrong. Th- yeah, I think the only uh, it takes. It just takes guys a while to figure out how to play defense in the NBA. I think some, totally. sometimes we we look at physical attributes and just assume the guy will be able to defend. Like it's funny, uh, who wrote? I forget who wrote it. I'm sorry, I'll I'll find it. But somebody wrote his. Um, this guy writes like a all the worst all defense team uh, column every year, which is a, a pretty good read. And Andrew Wiggins was on it. And by most metrics, Andrew Wiggins is a pretty 
terrible defender. And we all assume that he's good because of his his build, but he hasn't figured it out yet. Uh, it took Drew a yep. little while to figure it out too. But yeah, I, I agree that, you know, his Fultz's physical tools would lead you to believe that if he wants to not be hopeless, he won't be hopeless, you know. And I've yeah. said a million times on here that uh, I think point guard defense is generally – you know, as long as he's good on offense, I really don't care how he is on defense anyway. Yeah. So, so we talked about this a little bit on the on the preview pod, but uh, this the, the the jargon that becomes like, oh, veteran leadership and learning and all that stuff. It used to not matter because the Sixers didn't have anybody of import that like theoretically they could learn anything. And would and would indicate successful career. Uh, leadership in the world, and he never would become a, a premier offensive player. Um, but now we have three guys who could, and at least one of them who has proven to be um, for for the best month of our lives. But so I'm I'm. This is what you want. You want guys to come in and establish like there's. This is the, I mean, the, the culture in the Sixers has been good for years. Like, everyone was worried about losing culture. Brett Brown has held it together with the combination of Hinky and, and I guess, Colangelo now. But the culture was always pretty good. N- nothing ever, like, went to total shit. So now that we have, you know, we're not starting from a bad place. And then bring in guys, and Bede wants to be there, Dario wants to be there, everybody's friendly, people are coming in in the offseason to see guys work out. Like, and then you add somebody like JJ Redick and Amir Johnson of like solid, good locker room veterans. Uh, I mean, it's just they're just doing everything right, man. Like, honestly, JJ Redick and Amir Johnson don't matter that much, um, but it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be an enjoyable year of basketball. But it's just about grooming Fultz, Simmons, and Embiid to be the best players they can be, and I think this is gonna help. And that's great. And that's really great. It is funny to me. You, I mean, can you explain? For and I and I agree with you on uh, you know I, I would say uh, almost nearly one hundred percent of this, but would it be fair to say that a couple of years ago we would have said that the the veteran leadership stuff we would have tossed it out and said yeah. it doesn't matter uh, it doesn't matter at all so explain why you think it matters now as opposed to why it didn't matter then well I think it only matters when you have legitimate Pieces, players right like p- little bit legitimate pieces in place not like we're still in flux like i really like gary harris a lot but if gary harris was the was like the best young prospect on your team like i wouldn't be dying to surround him with veteran leadership so his career is a success like right. your team is still in flux and you're still missing the pieces we have the pieces like locked in like if this was tetris like they are there they are dropped in there and all you got to do is just surround them with the right stuff and so now it becomes how to best rather than like how can we how can we find star level talent to build around now it becomes we have the star level talent to build around how do we maximize their success and accelerate their growth and put them just put them in a best in the best position position to succeed and improve and signings like this both guys is exactly what you're supposed to do and they're doing it and that's great and i need uh, someone reminded me on on twitter marty on the cell reminded me not to forget about colangelo selling second round picks for cash uh and juan evans and Cinderius stormwell so i'm not 
it wasn't Thornwell specifically. It was Sterling Brown. Uh, I'm never gonna forget forgive him for that, but I I can you know I can get past it enough to where I'll only keep that in my pocket for like a rainy day when I need to be mad. <laughs> just gonna say that right there. Um, fuck. But I you agree, to... right? You agree with that? You agree with that sense of yeah, yeah. Of veteran leadership matters when you have someone to well lead. I, I think it always. I I think you'd be mistaken in thinking that. Um, that there isn't something to gain by having a guy around who's a grown up, you know that that. But um, I think what we've what, had, I mean, we've had those though. Yeah, I mean, no, no. For as and, much as much as it's taken, it's not. It hasn't been many of them. But Jason Richardson, Luke Bamute, Carl Landry, uh, Elton Brand. No, I, I now, agree. I, I guess what I'm saying Anderson. is is what was more important before was using every roster spot to find players. And now yeah. like we don't need to do that as much so we can go this way. I I, I agree with you. I, I don't you know, I think it all it, it comes down to priority and the priority before was finding guys who could play and they found. Um, and ever since you said Tetris, I've just been thinking of is there a better feeling that you're three quarters of the way up the screen on Tetris and you've left this big long line so you can get yeah. like and then you get the four square one and yeah. you just slot J- it JD down. Reddick is our big long line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, oh, and you know, I think it's, I got, maybe this is just the minority and maybe I, but one person on Twitter asked that we address it in the pod. The weird people that are like, he's not worth 23 million is it, yeah. or, or Amir Johnson's not worth 11 million. I guess like, I don't understand People's strange idea of value and like what you want it to cost, and it doesn't matter. They have two roster spots essentially. They have to spend it anyway. And if what you really, really want and need is JJ Redick, then it's worth whatever you, you pay, right? I mean, like, and it's one year. It doesn't matter. But there, there are some people out there that are very locked in on the number. It's the people that are like comparing. You know how many teachers could we pay for the, exactly? Is, it's it's not a it's not a fair argument. It's not a it's yeah. not on the level, right? Like they're going they're going to there's there's a lot more baked into it. Like there's the one thing I would say for the Sixers not using all of their cap space and presumably they use the rest of it to extend Covington, which they can do what October thirty first is that no, correct? I think it's November fifteenth. It's the three year anniversary of when they signed him in the first place, so I think it's in November. Okay. Um, so hopefully they do that. But the one thing I'll say to in terms of holding on to more cap space is if things do go south, the Sixers could still, or even before then, the Sixers could be a, especially since the cap is lower than expected, they could be a haven for yep. uh, for shitty con- for teams to jump dump shitty contracts. Um, whether that would like get us someone someone like Danny Green, like. Hey, if we take on someone else's shitty contract, we can get Danny Green and add him there. Um, but those are possibilities. Those are options. I mean, you're sort of cutting off that option right now because with Redick and Amir and then and the room to send Covington, you're not going to have room to to do that. But that's that that is. I think that's just the priorities of of this front office versus the past front office. Now the circumstances have changed, so I don't know if. if we don't know if Hinky would have done this. Also, if Hinky would have pivoted from, okay, we're not going, we don't need to be uh, doing salary dump trades now that we have our three guys. But 
Colangelo clearly values, you know, some veteran presences uh, more than oh, if we can pick up like a 2019 lottery protected first round pick for for accepting like Omer Sheik's contract, then we can do that rather than get this other guy. But it's all, we're also at a different stage of it, so you, you, there's no way to know. Um, that's the only that's the only downside to making to making to making these deals so lucrative. Amir Johnson got paid 12 million last year for the Celtics, so he's 11 million. I mean, it's not JJ is a is a, is a clear bump from his career norms, but Amir for one year at 11 million is just totally fine. Like he's a good he's a good locker room guy. He's a good defender. I think they're gonna ask him to play more small ball center because. Um, even though his his uh, block numbers are not great and his rebounding numbers are not great, but he's he's just like you know physical, athletic, catch some lobs, have him be like the just the pick and roll roll man. He what I like in looking at his stats is how much better he's gotten at passing in the last couple of years. He he improved his assist rate from like in like the fours and fives yeah, to as like a, thirteen, right? Yeah, and it went for, went up to like it was a real steady improvement, and I I like seeing that with guys of like oh they're still legitimately getting better. So now the past two two years was eleven point four and then thirteen percent. Well, just right. and some of that's that great. some of that has to be playing in Stevens' offense in yes. Boston, but right? also but also it went up from Detroit in okay. the late twenty ten like two thousand six two thousand nine uh, in Toronto it was up to like nine, and then so it goes. Up. I mean I, it's certainly playing in the offense, but. Odds are the Sixers are going to have a, a, a fluid moving share of the ball offense anyway because that's what Brett wants. The only um, thing that I worry about with Amir Johnson, and it doesn't matter too much because I, I think he's probably a, at tops a you know a ten to fifteen minute a game guy, is that you know one thing that Bill Simmons does do is he watches the Celtics. I, I sort of when he talks about the Celtics, I think about um, us talking about the Sixers and that mm -hmm. sometimes he knows he'll overvalue and undervalue and all those things. But he's been saying for about half the year that Amir Johnson is cooked, that he's he's got bad ankles, He that he's like, sometimes he's not even playable sometimes to have him on the floor. Yeah. So I guess I worry that he's right, that he's cooked. It's one year and, you know, he's splitting minutes with Rashawn Holmes and you know he's not yeah. playing a lot anyway, but uh, I guess that's my concern. Yeah, I mean, totally. He's, he's going to be thirty um, this coming season, so it's certainly possible that he's cooked. Guys get cooked. Um, his rebounding numbers certainly tailed off. He only played uh, twenty minutes per game. I think it'll be he'll be in like the fifteen-ish minutes per game this year. Um, just a guy that like you can put in to like bang around with guys and sort of. You know, give Rashawn less less of a role, or um, if Embiid's injured or not not playing on a back to back or whatever, like I'm fine with just a guy that that's just a physical guy. I, like when I when I did my free agent, like when I mapped out who I thought think they were going to get, it was uh, a shooting guard, a shooting wing, and a veteran free agent big. And like here we are, and they're both good, high high character locker room guys, and uh, I like that Amir Johnson. I don't believe he's a forty one percent three point shooter, but he's hit a couple threes over the past years. He's trying to st stretch out his game, um, so that's a possibility. Um, he's always good for a couple tip slams. Um, it's just like fine. It's just like absolutely fine to add him to the rotation with 
you know, I, I don't think Simmons is playing much five, but maybe a little bit small ball five. But him and Bede and Rashawn is just like a great combination of, of big men. It's just it just really is. And uh, and JJ fits in nicely with the ring rotation. Um, I think they, they might not be done. Maybe they are. Maybe they go get a, like sign an undrafted guy and make him a two way player. Um, maybe they don't find a way to trade Okafor. But there's going to be some competition with either like Stauskas and Justin Anderson. But if they right now, if they don't, if they just offload Okafor for like a first rounder or first rounder for something. Uh, yeah, they're not getting a first round pick for Okafor yeah, unless yeah, it yeah, comes yeah. back with a ton of money. Yeah. I, yeah, but I, if, yeah. Th- then it's 15. That's 15. Right now they're 16. Um, right? Well, can if I... If Cork, Corkmas, I'll yeah, do math. Can, can I... Let me... Let me. And I, I wondered about this on the last pod, and people made fun of me, but I, I, I'm still a little wondery about it until it happens. Furkan Korkmaz's agent has said that he's coming over and tweeted that he's coming over. Is it strange? And and the leaks from the Sixers were and like the the league source or whatever is it's a strong possibility. Are are we totally sure that Furkan Korkmaz is coming over, or is this, or does Furkan Korkmaz really want to come over, and they don't really want him to come over yet? I, maybe I, I don't have any inside information. I haven't I haven't um, I haven't probed at all. But there's a, there's a, a, a I have a feeling inside of me that 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 they have not agreed that they want him to come over yet. Is it weird that they haven't said anything publicly about him coming over? And the agent has, you know? I think they're probably still working it out. They want to stay flexible in case, you know, free agency works shakes out one way or the other. Like, they they had a a meeting schedule with Iguodala, and obviously he signed with the the Warriors. Um, But maybe they were like, if we can get another guy, we would get another guy. And so they don't want to just commit to... A Korkmaz when they could leave him there without any real damage, you know. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think he'll end up being spending if if he if he does come over, hopefully play some summer league. Um, but if he does come over, spending a lot of time in Delaware. Um, I just don't think he's physically ready. I wouldn't mind him. I wouldn't mind him being here and being one of our Delaware guys. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I don't, I don't, I don't foresee him like as a huge minutes guy this year. Let me, um, let me tell you something. If Furkan Korkmaz comes over and plays in Delaware, we have yet to do a rights to Ricky Sanchez night at the sevens. But I sort yeah. of feel like, based on watching when I see those games on TV, that if we did, the podcast could essentially take over the entire <laughs> gym. I, th- yeah. I think that would be funny. And uh, a bunch of people have asked about the fly the process thing that we had proposed earlier and where it should go because everyone wants to go wants it to go to Milwaukee the uh, mm-hmm. now because they're we have to wait till the schedule comes out it's got to be on a weekend but i think the the possibilities are Milwaukee, Orlando, New Orleans, Miami, um Charlotte i think are the ones that all seem possible to me so uh, Milwaukee would be great though uh yeah all right, so why don't we talk about our sponsor and then get into the uh, second half of this. So, a little Danny Ainge stuff, a little uh, Ben Simmons point guard, and some Twitter questions. And also just Gerald Henderson opted out. Oh, yeah. I'm a little, surpri- I'm a little surprised by it. Um, or like it's not even opted out. They, they declined it. I was a little surprised by it, but it makes sense that they upgraded the position and then used that, used that money that would have gone to Henderson to get it back up big, which they needed anyway. So 
He, I was I was happy with Henderson for a year. It was fine. Joel Henderson sort of looks like if Kobe and a turtle had a baby. Okay. His head. <laughs> Watch it. I, I just I mean while while we're talking about El Pavorsky, Google him and try to think of that a little bit. Um, all right, uh, El Pavorsky, Mike, would you say that he is the uh, the sponsor of the podcast? The only one. If you could describe LL in three words, what would those three words be? Trust the Pavorsky. There you go. That's good. I was actually, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even asking for the catchphrase. Okay, I thought you were, I thought you were setting me up for nah, it. No, no. We and somebody tweeted at us uh, that used the uh, that I think was number forty two that bought the engagement ring from Lee that actually proposed, and she said yes. So congratulations to them. There have been forty three couples who have uh, engagement rings from L.L. Pavorsky through the Right Stricky Sanchez podcast. L.L. Uh, will be at Summer League uh, along with, I, I think he'll be, are you, is he going to be there at the same time you are? Do you know? I'm sure. Yeah, he emailed me. Okay, he emailed me. We're going to get together. It's going to be great. Who are the other jewelers that go to Summer League for fun? <laughs> I'm going to read you the list of them. There you go. There's the whole list. Those are the other ones that go to Summer League for fun. That's the kind of guy that you're buying this engagement ring from, the kind of guy who goes to Summer League just for fun and also sells jewelry. I would say that he probably, on his priority list, I would say Summer League slightly ahead of jewelry. That's the kind of guy that you want to buy the ring from. He is trustworthy. He is, uh, his prices are right. The, the quality is awesome. He is low pressure. He is a wonderful guy, and he takes care of our listeners like nobody else does. If you want an engagement ring from Lee, I suggest you call and make an appointment before you go over there. Now, you're always welcome to go over to the store at 707 Walnut and say hi, but if you want to buy an engagement ring, let him uh, make an appointment first so he knows what to have ready for you. 215-627-2252, email at llpavorsky.com or tweet at llpavorsky. And for every podcast, Lee makes generous donations to the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley and the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Nothing's better than a Pavorsky ring in 120-degree summer league heat. It's just a little, like, 1960s kind of yeah. catchphrase. Yeah, I like, that. like I like that one. All right. Um, what do I have on here? Okay. Um, Danny Ainge or Ben Simmons point guard theory first. What do you want? Oh, let's go to Ainge because I watched – I finished the uh, Lakers-Celtics uh, Best uh, of Enemies documentary okay. yesterday. Yeah. And so seeing Ainge just be a piece of shit on the court and then – I mean just it's really nice to watch him get worked. Like we should qualify because you're not going to. I should qualify that the Celtics are in very good shape. They have a lot of good – a lot of pretty good players, a lot of young guys, a lot of guys that could develop. They're still missing like the guy to build around. But – in terms of the rest of the league, they are certainly in the top five or ten best shapes to be in. Uh, that being said, Ainge continuing to get worked. And ca- caricature they caricaturized Hinky very much, uh, and he got ran out of town for it. And, and Ainge is much more like his caricature of, of what the media is portraying him to be than, than Hinky was. So this is, I mean... In terms of being an asset-humping moron, like, Ainge obviously has a team in a good position, but, man, come on. What are you holding on for? Yeah. My, 
my big fear in making fun of him is I wake up one morning and they have Anthony Davis. But outside, There's nothing we could do about that. So I yeah, think we just got to yeah. keep making Okay. So here's what I would say. My favorite thing, and I will include uh, Simmons along with Danny Ainge because he has been a public apologist for Ainge and a, yeah, a touter. If we're the ones that get shit on when people shit on Sam Hinking, then Bill Simmons is the one that gets it when, when we shit on Danny Ainge. All I heard at the fucking trade deadline is that they weren't going to trade Paul George. They're not making him available. They just they they offered him the Nets pick. He just wouldn't take him. Jimmy Butler just wasn't available. Meanwhile, these guys get traded for fucking nothing, which means one of two things. The first thing it means is that Danny Ainge is too pussy to make the actual deal. Just too scared, can't get it done, or or, or his, his assets aren't as valuable as he thinks they are. That that is that is the the first thing. But the second thing that is even more damning and probably more hilarious to me is that people don't want to trade their players to Danny Ainge and they won't do business with him. And they and that the Pacers would rather send Paul George to fucking Oklahoma City for Donatus Sabonis and an overpaid Victor Oladipo, which, by the way, is a shitty fucking package. It sucks. It is a horrible package for Paul George. Yeah. There is no possible way that Boston couldn't have topped that if they wanted to. Um, and the same goes that for— being, Yeah. And that Jimmy Butler package was— okay i guess like i don't think chris dunn is good and i like zach levine but like all things considered chris dunn sucked his first year zach levine is coming off of an acl and the seventh pick you know which ended up being uh that guy that nobody wanted but still was a lottery pick anyway uh uh, laurie markinen right so so first those two guys aren't available and then get traded for like pennies on the dollar and then um wait who's the next guy um uh uh um, oh, if Gordon Hayward goes to goes back to Utah, which it looks like there's a significant chance, or goes to Miami, their chance they're fucked. They're like that was the one thing they were counting on. And I know you were couching it with they've got a lot of stuff, but they've got a lot of stuff that isn't the thing. To your point, like they, I I I think there is everyone would agree there's very little chance of uh, Jason Tatum becoming like a number one championship guy. There's very little chance of Jalen Brown doing it. And the rest of the roster is a bunch of sixth and seventh guys. Like, fuck off Danny Ainge. And I'm so glad. I almost hope he tried to get the deal done and they just don't want to trade with him. And it's because he's so thoroughly disliked and untrusted that <laughs> that they will not trade with him. That's what I hope. So. Did you- so Did you yeah. watch the Lakers Celtics? Uh, it was so long. Theory? It was a lot of was I, yeah. I watched. It was on TV, and I watched it, but I did, definitely did not watch the whole thing. Okay, uh, it's good, and uh, it's on like Watch ESPN if you have any apps or whatever. Yeah. But uh, it made me. I, I don't. I can't tell if I'm biased. I was, I was watching with Alyssa, and she's obviously a Lakers fan. And uh, but the Celtics come out of that looking. Worse than the Lakers do. Yeah, the, the the Lakers come out looking like, you know, my my childhood. The Lakers were like the enemies because they were so dominant in the early 2000s, and then that, you know, stained and picked up as the end of the decade and stuff. Uh, and the Celtics were mostly bad for all those years with Pearson, like Antoine Walker, just kind of languishing. And then they got the big three and then went from there. But I I guess seeing it all play out like. Man, fuck the Celtics. Yeah. Like, I just want to watch them fail. I want them to do poorly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, and I love how much Pat Riley really, really, really hates Danny Ainge, which I think yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's why, you know, I think it would be, I'm fine with Gordon Hayward going back to Utah to upset Boston, but that gives them the out that, well, it was more money and he just wanted to stay on the team that he was. If Gordon Hayward goes to Miami, it is a real finger in the eye of of Celtics fans and that yeah. he chose to leave, but he did not choose you. And that I think is wonderful. That would be, that would feel, especially, you know, they want a white guy so bad. They want a good white guy so <laughs> bad and you can't have it. They can taste it. Yep. Yep. So, so fuck them. All right. Fuck them. So Ben Simmons. So somebody, uh, and it was on Sixers Reddit as well, showed me this tweet where somebody tweeted out the starting lineup. And had Ben Simmons, and by the way, I, you know, I I don't think Dario is going to start. Um, He's just not. to get yeah, but tweeted out the starting. He's a great six man, by the way. Yes. he's a great. Like that doesn't it's not an indictment on him. No. He's just not a. He's not the right. It's not the right fit. Yeah. So the starting lineup was Fultz, uh, Fultz, Redick, Simmons at three, uh, Dario at four, and Embiid at five. And Dar and Simmons responded to the tweet. And just put an asterisk and PG that he's the point guard or whatever. And I go back and we've we've talked about this numerous times. But then I go back to um, you know Brett Brown sort of saying he's he's going to be the point guard. He's going to be the point guard. And I think Brian Colangelo said the same thing. And it got me to thinking that here is what I believe. Let's go back to Ben Simmons's shitty um, documentary, and it was shitty. Obviously, didn't uh, watch it. Would uh, never watch it. Obviously, you know, agent and team Ben Simmons controlled, and then even his announce. Everything has been very, and and there were the whispers, whether it's true or not, that the reason that he wasn't going to play this year is because of the rookie of the year stuff. And I think to myself, there is certain that that I believe that when the opening day roster comes out and Ben Simmons is starting that the Sixers are going to specifically list him as a point guard. And I believe it's because Ben Simmons and his camp believe that his, like his, uh, upside and the talk about him. And like, even when we're talking about all-star teams and things like that, that the narrative around him will be more positive if he is listed as a point guard and thought of as a point guard than thought of as a forward. And I believe there is even, you know, some precedent to this in that, you know, uh, what's his name? Tim Duncan always wanted to be called a power forward and LaMarcus Aldridge wants to be called a power forward and not a center. I think there is something to, and I, I don't know how it ends up making the starting lineup look, but I believe that this is a concerted effort from Simmons, his camp, to call him a point guard, regardless of who he's guarding. Um, it doesn't seem like it matters, but I believe it's a thing. So wh- I guess why? Why is he doing it? Why? I mean, I you sit like Duncan was one to be labeled a power forward. So he like for a while, cause he didn't want to cover centers, but why, what is the benefit to Simmons? Like why, because I, I because I think, think? The, the story of the six eleven point guard is a lot sexier a story than the six eleven forward 
who also yeah. controls the ball. And That's a sexy thing. Yeah, and I also think like when I look at uh, the Eastern Conference in terms of All Star games, and I know it is a a point guard heavy league, um, there seems to be a, maybe a little less. I, I don't know, like you know, even Giannis, they they started calling him point guard, you know, even when he's not guarding point guards. I just think it's like a a thing. It feels like an image thing to me. And it also feels like a thing that he probably wants to be called point guard rather than, you know, forward who actually, who also controls the ball. Because I, I don't know, I just think it's a thing. And I, it seems weirdly important to him. Yeah, I mean, I could see them like announcing him at point guard. Yeah, I think And then just like saying Markel Fultz is guard. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, it truthfully doesn't matter. Um, Remember, Iggy always, mix wanted, it up. Iggy always wanted to be called uh, shooting guard and not small forward. Did he really? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. He was always, at the very least, he was G slash F um, yeah. and not just forward. But yeah. it's just so, it's such a worthless distinction. Like, people Especially were talking now. about, like, they have to get minutes for Luau with shooting guard. And it's like, well, he's just a wing. Like, they could play him at two, three, four. It's a line. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, the configurations, like, just, it doesn't matter what everybody's labeled as. They're gonna play. They're gonna find minutes for everybody. Um, I, I I anticipate Fultz will be doing more of the floor generaling than Simmons would. Maybe Simmons operates from the high post. Maybe they get him in the low post and let him f- find people from there on the wings and cutters. But I just can't. I just can't imagine Simmons is like start like starting the offense up top like he's Ricky Rubio. I think he's. I think it'll be mostly Fultz. But it's fine. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like and also, Fultz will be on the bench a lot. I, I don't want Fultz playing more than like thirty-one minutes this year. Like let's ease it, let's ease into it and stuff. But um, there's a, it's just it's just gonna be good, man. I'm really happy for Brett. All right, let's wrap up with uh, Ibaka. Ibaka staying in Toronto three years, sixty-five million. Oh, there you go. That's a good deal. Good for him, I guess. Yeah, they got to move Valanciunas. Yeah. Play him at center. Uh, all right. Let's do some uh, Twitter questions. All right. This is from Don. Do you really think all of this is the collar or is it Ned? <laughs> <laughs> uh, very on brand for us to give Ned the, the, uh, the credit. All the credit? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is – this this to me would be would be the collar. It's, it is yeah. this it is, is appeasing. Collar-y. On Twitter, I called it the Gran Torino crowd. Like this is appeasing the mainstream veteran presence, locker room guy, uh, names I've heard of, those kinds of people that that need that. Uh, whether it's Sixers fans or Sixers media or whatever it is or mainstream media, any of that. Um, so that is that is the Colangelo department. Not that it's a bad move or anything, but it is very like, yeah, this is this this looks good. For, to to the uh, to the casual fan, so I would we're going to give Ned credit for the uh, for the low key. If, if, if there's a pick swap in our future, that'll be Ned. Yeah, that'll, that'll be, be Ned. Ned. Yeah, for sure. All right, this is from Senor Talon on Twitter. In order, who gets most to least shots per game? Embiid, Fultz, Reddick, Covington, Simmons. Interesting. Yeah, it's um, a good one, isn't it? I think Embiid gonna, has to go. I'm going to say Embiid. Right? Yeah. Yep. Say Covington last. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna say Embiid, Fultz, Reddick, Simmons, Covington. You know, as bad a shooter as he is, I would love to see Simmons as two. 
I just I think it would mean good things if he was shooting that much. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they're going to want to get Reddick shots too. I, I I agree with you. I I think the one thing that could change is I don't. Yeah, I guess so. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, all right. This is from, and, and, and then and then or I could oh, see Dario actually shooting more than Covington even. I don't know. Possibly, yeah. Especially if he's lead guy on that unit. Yeah. Uh, this is from Caleb Bowman or Bauman. I don't know. That's B O W. So Bowman, with only fifteen, sixteen million in cap space and twenty million needed to redo Covington's contract right now. How would you like to open up that four-ish million? Well, we don't need to use twenty million to redo Covington's contract, do we? It's just, I guess, everyone has looked at Derek and uh, Rich's iterations of what that might look like, but they don't need all twenty million, do they? I think it'll be about that. Yeah. Well, but they don't have that now. So he's saying, "How would you open up for?" But they could, they could, they could go over to give him whatever because he's we have the rights to him. So it's not like if they, it's not like they don't have room if they sign him as a free agent. They're they're extending him as their own guy. So they so could they you, could go into it a little bit. You can do that during the year for your own guy. I don't know. I don't know. We have to sure. check that. Right. They're going to sign him. There's there's just no way that they that they let him. I mean, it'd be a it'd be a shitty move to like let the whole year play out, and then would he be restricted after this year? No, unrestricted. He would just be a total total unrestricted. Yeah, yeah. I would I would very much like to to lock him up um, long term, just because he's so good at defense, and I really think now that he'll be the fifth option on offense, whereas for a lot of the year in the past he was the first option. You know, like when it was just like, hey, TJ, just find Covington. Hope he's open. Uh, this is a very great question, uh, very on-brand from Elias. The other pick we traded to Boston for faults is top one and six through 30 protected. If the Lakers jump into the top three, would there be four team reps left after the commercial? Because if it's huh. just the Sixers rep, then the pick huh. is obviously one. If the Celtics rep, then it's two or three. That is an, an amazing question. I need to know the answer to this. I really like that question. I I would guess. I would guess. Okay, so say the interesting, so interesting. Say the say the Celtics. Yeah. Okay. Say the Lakers great. are say the Lakers are the fourth worst team in the league. Yeah. Let's say it's four. Yeah. They could drop down to six. Yep. They could move up to one. Well, they could drop down to seven, couldn't they? If three people yes, jump yes, them, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, but I'm saying six. Six means we get it. Seven oh, right, also right, does. Right, right. But okay. Um. So, I just don't. I don't know how they would handle that. Would like, would like Isaiah Thomas and Joel Embiid like share a seat at the? Would Isaiah Thomas be sitting on Embiid's lap? Is that? How <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That? I think yeah. that's. I think I think that's how it has to happen. That would. That is going to be really funny, and I hope that it it happens. Yeah, I hope they have or, to figure or that I could out. Do this, I could see the NBA just for like confusion's sake, like not even inviting the Sixers at all. Yeah, and being like the Celtics. Let's not let's not go into the details. It's the Celtics pick probably, and then when it drops to six or moves up to one, like nobody on the Sixers is there. No one, no one is shaking anyone's hand. So like Tom Moore has to run in and just like accept. Um, this is from at DFB9390. As much as I'm not Prokofer, but is having him as a backup center really the worst thing? Uh, like, 
look, I, I'm I'm beginning to be I'm I'm sort of really afraid that um, that my I I thought that there was a good shot of him being on the roster when the season started, and it seems like almost impossible that he's not going to be on the roster when the season starts. So you think, yeah, you think at this point he's not he's not on the roster. You think at this point he is going to be on the roster when the season starts? Because right now so. I added it up. If if they do nothing else, because they because they let Henderson walk, and if Corkmans comes over and Okafor stays, that's fifteen. Yeah, I don't know. I I I don't know. I think it's it's definitely possible that he is on the roster when the season starts. <sighs> so someone asked me on on. Twitter, what what it would take for you to say the line, and so just to remind people, yeah, if it, if you're if you're new to the podcast, the last line of the podcast, the call and response, I don't say it until Okafor is no longer on the team. Yeah, we've said it for a couple of years now, or at least a year and a half, and we we end the podcast with it. And Mike doesn't say his thing because he vowed at one point not to do it until Okafor was gone, um, and he's still yeah. not gone. So yeah, what would it take? That's that's what it would take. Oh, okay. So you have to, he has to be gone. He has to be gone. Yeah. Okay. This is from James. What number should Fultz wear? I want him in a single digit. Mm. I really want him in a single digit. Very bad. I I, uh, I also wouldn't mind just him taking twenty and Luawu being in a single digit because I like all those all those words in Luawu's last name uh, with like a number one or whatever. Yeah. Um, Reddick would probably be four. Like back again. He was he's he's been other numbers on different teams, but I could four is open, so I could see him staying there. Um, and, uh, and other than that, I don't know. I like, I would like, I wouldn't mind Fultz at like a, like a five, like a Donovan McNabb-esque five, um, or, or one. Yeah. I like it. What do you, how about you think? Uh, one I like, but I don't think he'll be one. I feel like two is a, a cool number that you don't see a lot. My favorite number of all time is three that Starks yeah. wore. Iverson. Uh, yeah. Um, for me, it's Starks. Never an Iverson guy, by the way. Never an Iverson. Never an Iverson guy. No, no. I like. I. Uh, I know it. It is. It is complicated for a lot of people who listen to this for me to say that. But I was never an Iverson guy at all. I, I don't dislike him, but not an Iverson guy. Uh, you just can't wear uh, three, three or six because Iverson and Julius Irving. Right. Although Iverson. Has Iverson been officially retired or just like ostensibly retired? No, they they raised it to the rafters. They, they did it. I think okay, they did. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, next question. This is from Brian. Who would JJ's best? Who will be JJ's best friend on the team? And you can't say TJ. Oh, that's great. No, TJ and Dario are already taken. Yeah. Uh, JJ. No, um, JJ. I'm uh no. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Luau. I think yeah. Luau is a, a dick. I, I think um Come on, he's just French. Nah. I mean I don't know that he's a dick. I don't think he's a bad person or anything. I don't I don't know. He's I've not just, a dick. Let's not start this narrative I, that Luau is a dick. I've just heard from several that he can be sort of aloof in in public. That's all. So aloof in public? You're a, I'm aloof in public. No, We're all aloof whoa, in public. Whoa, whoa, time out. You are aloof in public. I am not aloof in public. I'm very um I am way more aloof in private than I am in public. That is one trait that I share with my father, actually. I'm I'm very personable in public and very aloof in private. That's that's how I operate. You're aloof in public though. Um Well, because I'm always 
caught off guard. Yeah, I'm not, so I'm, he's, not, I'm not blaming you for it. I'm just saying. I think, I think let's, let's, let's like consider the language barrier and that he's like 20 years old. Well, let's put and it this he's way. In New City. I'm, I'm not going to write him off as a, as a dick because he's aloof. Aloof. I support aloof. I, I, I do not think that JJ's best friend on the team is going to be some 20 year old French kid. I just don't think that's going <laughs> to um, I think, I think Luau is going to just like attach himself to him and be like, because Luau loves cutting. He loves working around, off the ball. I think he's just going to find him and stuff. It's it's too obvious to say Stauskas. I don't want to do that. No. So I'm going to say. Why? Because he's white? I, yeah, I don't. Well, I don't, he's yeah. white and they also play. When Stauskas was coming out of college, it was like JJ Redick. Like I, he's a similar skill set. So I, it's, it's, it's that as well. But I want to. I'm going to go with Luau because I like it better. Let's remember that uh, Redick is also going to be 33 years old. Um, so I – look, I had heard that he and Simmons hit it off several months ago actually. Redick? Yeah. Um, Redick and Simmons. I had heard just- that. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just say – Embiid is everybody's best friend. Yeah. So it can't be Embiid, right? Although they had that picture of Embiid tweeted that picture of him talking to Redick at that uh, soccer yeah. game. You know what? And, Fuck it, Covington. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, Just a quick second. I yeah. like the nickname. I hated the nickname Feds, and it's not going to catch on, and it's dead. I'm glad that it's dead, and I, I I think we should take you know a decent amount of responsibility for that, us and Kevin Durant. Uh, but I like it a lot more with Redick if it's Freds. Freds is fun. <laughs> yeah. Freds, Freds is pretty great. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Reds is pretty good. I don't. Want, I still don't want them as a nickname. I just. It just. And also, there's no Covington there, so I don't love it. But yeah. uh, Freds is at least close in 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 the area. Uh, this comes from. Uh, I, I think we already sort of discussed this from Manus. Uh, does the Amir Johnson signing affect the ability to renegotiate Covington? I don't think they would make it if they want to renegotiate Covington, which I think we agree that they want to. I don't think they would make a move that would prohibit them from doing that. I guess that's what yeah. I would say. From our friend John Wintermute, uh, is this the most handsome team of all time now? It's a good-looking team. It is handsome. Fultz is handsome. Yeah, I don't think Simmons is that attractive. Really? I I'll think Simmons that. is a good-looking guy. I don't find him attractive. I think Covington's very attractive. Um, yeah. Rashawn, when he wears his hair a certain way, I think no. he's pretty cute. No, Rashawn is not, I do. not handsome. I do. No, I do. Um, Embiid, obviously. I, I don't like the not smiling. Embiid, yeah. you got a nice smile. Open him up. Give us some. Well, give us some whites. Let me th- let me throw this at you. You know when I Luau uh, is obviously the the best looking. Uh, I think Reddick's better looking than Luau is. Mm. Yeah, I think Reddick is what Luau looks like when he grows up. You know, like, well Reddick, he's just like because he has short arms and he's short. He's like shortish for an NBA player. Um, he seems he seems he he looks stumpy to me, and Luau is like long and sinewy. I'm all about it. The uh, you're not gonna boy, this convince me. This segment of this podcast. This is a play the relationship advice. Yeah, song over it. Uh, the thing about smiling, and I, I don't know that this is impossible, but when about a year into dating my wife, she realized that I never smiled in any pictures. And she asked me why, and I said it was because I said I need to laugh. I don't know how to just picture smile, and uh, it went into a thing where she showed me this Friends episode where Chandler also didn't know how to picture smile, and Joey taught him how to smile, and actually took the advice. I think it's possible 
Because yeah, the thing about smiling in pictures is it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel like it looks. It, You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel – like laughing feels natural, but fake smiling doesn't. I think maybe MB just doesn't know how to picture smile. And if he wants my advice on it, I'm more that – I've been there. I've done that. Don't wait until sure. you're like 35 show, like I did. Show him the Friends episode. Yep. And uh, he can learn how to shoot threes and smile from white people. It's great. Yes. There you go. Um all right, uh, two questions at once. One is from Legs and one is from uh, Mike because they're they're both in the same. Legs asks, in what year will Jaleel Okafor's number be retired? And Mike asks, is there a chance they'll just cut Okafor? Let me, so let me combine them into two. What do you think is more likely? Jaleel Okafor's number gets retired or they cut him? It's more likely that they cut him. I think that's pretty obvious, but I don't think that they're going to. Um I think that would just look too bad, just yeah. in general, on, on ownership, on everybody. I think that would that would be too much of an of an L. This front office needs to be able to spin stuff as a positive. You rem- maybe, perhaps you'll recall the Nerlens Noel trade for a first round pick, like those kinds of things. Like they're gonna, he's not just gonna like let him walk. There's just there's too much ugliness there. It has to look like everything's going well. Um, so I would guess. It, I, I would guess it's for a you know a team that has too many guards or something, and the Sixers just make a trade and they and they pretend like it's like it's great or it's for a veteran or he's like on a contract anything like that like like the Amir Amir Johnson trade that was being discussed for Okafor before the Sixers just signed him out right, um, like that kind of thing. I think it will be something like that where it's like the Sixers can spin either a veteran or a guard that just needs a chance as. Like, yes, this is a good fit for everybody without admitting that, like, Okafor is total trash. It's amazing that Okafor has a spot on this roster and Tony Roten is not in the NBA. Yeah, that's that's a that's a deep process. Uh, uncomfortable because there there are, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of people, uh, if you've paid attention to basketball, a lot of people think Okafor sucks. Uh, a lot of people on different teams, different fan bases, whatever. But there are a, still a very healthy group of people who think he's great and a savant in the post and can do all this stuff and can absolutely help a team win. And so, like, it truly, we've been saying this for a long time, only takes one team. And also, for his sake, I hope he gets traded. He needs to go somewhere else where he Could can they- just, like, have a role and be a guy. Could they trade him to like a baseball team or a football team or a – I don't know. If you open it up to the other sports, maybe there's more chance of finding that one team. Yeah. The Phillies could use a couple guys. Yeah. What if he was a – you know, like a tight end or I don't fucking know. Like just for Christ's sake. All right. Um uh, That's all I got. Uh, Do we we think they're going to sign anybody else? I don't don't know. Um, I don't think so. I think they're – I don't think they're going to, so I'm going to assume that they do. I'm right. going to assume that there's one more. Or like a little small trade where it's like, oh, now we have like Marcus Morris or something like that. That kind of thing. Not not specifically Marcus Morris, but someone random and forgotten about like that. Marcus Morris. Grumpy guy. Grumpy guy. Philly yeah. guy. Yeah. Grumpy guy. They're grumpy when they're away from each other in a really weird way. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, well then we got, uh, we got basketball tomorrow night, right? Do we get to see Markel Fultz play tomorrow night? Is that, uh, our first summer league game is tomorrow, Monday night? I got, I'm, I'm, I'm very focused on Vegas. I'm um, Oh, right. I'm leaving, I'm leaving into next week. Uh, 
It's going to be good. Um, right. And you are there. I'm not going, by the way. Um, I know there's a 20% chance of me going. The problem was I did not know when I was when I scheduled my vacation. I did not know. I was on vacation last week. I, I did not know that the 4th of July holiday was right afterwards. So I don't go back to work until Wednesday. And the only mm-hmm. way I could do this is if I left Friday night, stayed Saturday, and then left on Sunday. And it's just, it's too far. I just, I can't do it for um, for one one day of basketball. So yeah, I get it. You will have to be our representative there. Um, and hopefully we get you some, uh, we're working on getting you some interviews uh, that we can put in on the rookie and and all that kind of stuff. So, and you and Lee, it's gonna be great. hopefully we get Lee involved in it as well. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll live stream a dinner with me, Alyssa and Lee. <laughs> Facebook live of the year. All right. Uh, speaking of which, uh, this has been the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast proudly brought to you by LL Pavorsky jewelers and Mike's girlfriend, Alyssa, uh, where rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut in Philly, always at LLPavorsky.com. Are you down with TTP? Never again. Will you will you say it Long when hope. his when his number gets retired? Yeah. <laughs> okay. For sure. Okay, goodbye. All right. All right, see Like I said, hold your head, son, and don't take a second. Check it out now. Come on, while I wreck it. Like I said, hold your head, son, and don't take a second. Check it out now. Come on, while I wreck it. Like I said, hold your head, son, and don't take a second. Check it out now. Come on, while I wreck it. Psychopathic hit that I'll be dealing. Many, many things on my mind It's complex, but I'm about